Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here on Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time in the studio we have here at Crossway Church. If you live anywhere near Queen City, Atlanta, Texarkana, Texas, uh, we've got a lady that's here every Friday morning from Shreveport. And uh, we just have a great Bible study, plenty of chairs. Make yourself at home. Come, bring your cup of coffee, Bible, pencil, paper. Have a great Bible study. Or if you can't make it, uh, watch us live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page <clears throat> in case you're watching this later, in case you're watching this live or you miss any episodes, you can go to the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316, or the website, which is thecrosswaychurch.com. And uh, I thank you for your prayers. I thank uh, God for those of you who pray for us and financially support this ministry. It takes money to buy all the equipment to do all that we do. Things are always breaking, getting wore out and all that kind of stuff. And just thank God for you and your giving to see the true gospel go out and reach all the people that it is reaching. On Friday mornings, we are uh, discussing a topic entitled righteousness, and we've been doing that for, this is the eighth week, this is session eight, here on May the 17th, 2019, and... Uh, we also on Monday and Thursday mornings at 8.30 a.m. teach the book of Romans presently. And uh, we just started chapter 7, part 1, yesterday. So I encourage you to go back and find those on the YouTube channel or the website and avail yourself. And I guarantee God will bless you. He will strengthen you, encourage you, and grow you in this truth that you desperately need to know and to live according to. And that is Christ and Him crucified. Well, this morning we will begin our study in Romans chapter 5, verse 21. <clears throat> and uh, let me bring up my faithful Bible here, slide it over here and get in Romans chapter 5. And why don't we just uh, uh, begin in verse 19. Romans 5 and 19, to get us where we're going, the Bible says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, talking about Adam back in the garden, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Remember, we're talking about righteousness today. That's what we're talking about, the righteousness of God. And only through the obedience of Christ is the righteousness of God offered to humanity. Uh, we all became sinners in Adam, in the garden, so many years ago. And so God had to send His only Son to reconcile us back to Him, to give us back that which we lost, which was the image of God. We were created in His image, and we lost that image due to sin. The sin nature is who we became, literally. The sin nature is who we became, dominated by a nature that we did not have before sin came into the picture. And so... Uh, we need to look at verse 20 that says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as, verse 21, that as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness 
unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I want us to back up to verse 20 and see something very important you need to make a note of. And you need to begin to practice what I'm about to tell you. You need to make this uh, 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 in the forefront of your minds. If you need to write something down and stick it in your Bible on a big piece of paper, make it stick out the top of your Bible, put it on your bar at home, put it on the wall. You need to remember in your Bible study when you see the word sin, it's either referring to an act of sin or it's referring to it's the noun. It's harmartia. It's talking about the sin nature. The old man, that which dominated us until we were born again. That which we were slaves to until we were born again and became slaves, servants rather, to obedience unto righteousness, which means faith in Christ, obedience unto death, which is what allows us to be obedient in God's eyes. So let's read this again in verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where the sin nature abounded, grace, that means what God did. Now think about that. What God did. The sin, sin nature is, is the old man functioning. Grace is God doing the work, God doing the functioning. And, there, and you need to know that. But where the sin nature abounded, Grace, what God did, much more abounded. Verse 21, that as the sin nature has reigned unto death, even so might grace, that's what God does, reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Now pay real close attention to this 21st verse because it says grace reigns through righteousness. Without righteousness, grace does not reign. Grace is not experienced. Grace is not attained. Grace is only given through what Christ did at Calvary because that is the righteous work God was looking for. A man humbly, obediently dying the death on the cross. That's the righteous work God required so that we could be forgiven and made righteous and become servants of righteousness. Remember Romans chapter 6 tells us that when we obeyed that form of doctrine which was the message of the cross, the gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, we were freed from the sin nature and we became servants of righteousness <coughs> so that we could serve God the only way He can be served in righteousness. And if you study Romans 6, it doesn't take a Bible scholar to figure it out, but you can't serve God unless you're serving righteousness. And you can't serve righteousness unless your faith is in that one object God provided for you to believe in, trust in, that made you a servant of righteousness. When you move on to trust in, in anything else, you, you move on away from the grace of God. The cross of Christ, the death of Jesus, is what provided you grace and grace is how righteousness is offered to you. Jesus tasted death by the grace of God, Hebrews 2, 9. 
Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men. Grace does not come to humanity through any other way outside of the death of Jesus and your faith in that death. Grace reigns through righteousness. That means grace reigns. What God is doing is supremely above and more powerful and will take care of everything else. That's why he told Paul the apostle, my grace is sufficient for you. What I did in Christ at Calvary is enough for everything you need me to do today in and through your life because my grace is what I do to you, for you, in you, and through you. You need to never forget this. God's grace is what God does that you cannot do, you cannot pay for, you cannot earn, and you do not deserve. But because He loves you, He gave His only begotten Son for you so that you could have faith in Him and then God could move inside of you and begin a perfect work because you have been made a righteous vessel for Him to dwell in and to function in and through, in which He will do as long as you keep your faith in that one work of righteousness Jesus provided so that God can reign in your life. Say it. So that grace can reign through that righteousness. So many people today, almost all the church, 99.9999% of the church does not understand what I'm sharing with you today. They have, no, they have peace, but they don't know how to experience peace. They, they are the righteousness of God, but yet they're not experiencing the righteous uh, uh, fruit of Christ in their lives. They go to church, but their marriages are horrible. They're, 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 there's a lack of everything. They're lacking everything. Their lives are in torment. There's no peace. There's no joy. There, there's no strength. And it's all because the object of their faith is wrong. The object of your faith can never be in the cross and there not be peace in your life. So if you're lacking peace, if you're lacking joy, if you're lacking strength, it is not you waiting on God to give you something. It is God waiting on you to see that through which He's offered and will provide in experience to you everything you need, and that is Christ Jesus and Him crucified. If that's where your faith is, you will experience the fruit of what He's offered you there. And many Christians will say, I already know all that, but they don't understand what we preach and teach, that every word God has ever spoken, for you to be able to have the Holy Spirit imparting unto you that the experience of the benefits of Calvary will literally require your faith, and that means from your heart, who you are with all that you are, you're trusting in that work alone. You don't need the horoscope. You don't need the preacher's three rules. You don't need, you don't need to read anything in the Bible that's... T- Although the Bible will tell us we need to be doing lots of things, but none of those things bring peace, bring joy, bring strength, bring salvation of any sort or bring deliverance. <clears throat> Amen, Brother Curtis. Only Jesus and His work and men and women who don't preach this or teach this, they're a part of the problem in the body of Christ. 
I speak from experience. They're not helping anyone. The only way God helps anybody is through their faith in what Jesus did at Calvary. And people who disagree with that, their faith is in something they're doing which excludes them from grace. And listen, if you're excluded from grace, and you can be because Galatians 1 and 6 and Galatians 5, 1 through 4 reveals that we can fall from grace, we can remove ourselves from Him, we can walk in a place where Christ no longer benefits or affects us like He needs to be, like He wants to do, and we can have all the form and all the appearance like there's something really godly going on, but there's no power there. The power comes through the preaching and believing of the cross period. There's not another avenue. And if my faith is not in the cross alone, I've excluded myself from the avenue through which grace flows. Grace is never forced. Grace is a rhythm. It's a flow that comes through the blood of Jesus to anybody who will believe. If you've been carried off and seduced by doctrines of devils, today is your day to literally come back to Jesus, come back to the cross, come back to true faith and grace, the Word of God in its righteous context, and watch what the Lord will do in your life. Amen. Amen. So grace only reigns through righteousness. And when grace is reigning through righteousness, and that takes us back to Romans 6, because our faith remains in that which made us a servant of righteousness. Therefore, as we serve righteousness, we have our fruit under righteousness. And only holiness is only a product of righteousness. Holy is not a product of the length of your hair or the length of the sleeves or the amount or no amount of makeup on your body. That's what you're doing. Holiness is what God does and what God does in the Bible is called grace reigning. But He only reigns in your life and my life through righteousness. Through that which allowed Him to make us servants of righteousness. Faith in the cross. That alone. He didn't make us servants of righteousness, nor did He make us righteous in Christ because we went to church or began to read the Bible or we gave money or we fed the hungry. He never in one time in the history of humanity has made anybody righteous, declared anybody righteous outside of simply believing in the one way He's afforded for us to receive that title and experience that fruit. And that's the sacrificial system He set up long, long ago and fulfilled in Jesus at Calvary. And somebody said, Amen. Praise God. Slow down, Brother Curtis. You're on a roll this morning. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to look at today, after we've concluded that God's grace is God at work, grace is not just floating around. When you see the word grace, I pray the rest of your life, the Holy Spirit will, will remind you God's grace is God doing something because the Bible calls even the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth, the Comforter, the Spirit of grace. Because the Holy Spirit is God. And the Spirit of grace is God. And God doesn't do anything that He doesn't do it in the person of His Spirit. He lives in us by His Spirit. It is the Spirit of Christ. We say Christ dwells in us, and He does by His Spirit. And anything He does is by His Spirit. 
And it is the spirit of grace which confirms what I've taught for a while now that God's grace is God at work. Mm -hmm. And if our faith is not in the cross alone, God is not at work. Preachers who are telling you something different than this, listen, you need to ask them about that. Mm -hmm. You need to try to help them. If they won't listen, it's not because they can't, it's because they refuse to. Because what God, listen, the gospel is laid on the table for a child to understand. It's other agendas and previous teachings and, and, and relationships with people that are not right, they're not of God, that will hold us in chains from the truth that will liberate us and allow the grace of God, God himself, to work in me, on me, and through me all the days of my life. And we need to know that. So never forget God's grace is God doing something. And if God is doing something, the fruit of God doing something will always be there. So, well, we've already said enough. But we shall continue. Let's look for a moment at, 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 at some scriptures this morning because our deliverance is tied to righteousness. I'll just go ahead and tell you, everything's tied to righteousness. But deliverance is one of the things we see, I see over and over in the Bible that God ties to righteousness. Our deliverance. He delivered us from sin through the righteous work of Christ. It's His work, His faith, His righteous work that delivered us from the sin nature, from the power of the sin nature, the domination of the sin nature, and from the deliverance of our own selves, our flesh. Because it's our stinking flesh that's our stinking problem. The devil's been defeated. Sin's been defeated. We've been delivered from the sin nature. We've been literally bought by the Lord because He loved us so much. He paid for us with the blood of His Son to, to break the chains that we were bound under the sin nature, the old man, and He brought us, reconciled us back to Himself, and now we should love Him so much to serve Him, to desire to never go back and serve the sin nature again. And the only way that can ever ever be experienced is if we will maintain our faith in the cross, guard our hearts because the Bible says all our issues come out of our own heart and to fight the good fight of faith to make sure my faith is always in Jesus and what he did for me at Calvary. It is the answer for everything. And we see in the scriptures this morning we're going to how deliverance is tied to righteousness. Watch this in Psalms 36 and verse 6. Psalms 36 and 6. While you're turning there, I'll get me a swig this morning. For those from you that aren't from Texas, a swig is a drink. <laughs> Psalms 36, verse 6. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are a great deep. O Lord, you preservest man and beast. Now I want you to notice three words in this one verse. Righteousness, judgments, and preservest. God always works this way, and I hope you would get this, write this down today. Every story in the Bible, some of you have heard me say this a few times, but every story in the Bible is this procedure, this process in every single story. God's judgment is given, a few are saved, 
and God is glorified. God began our existence with judgment. His first words to us in the garden, Adam will call it, was you're free to eat of all the trees in the garden. Just don't eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. That's judgment. That's warning. But it also is a promise. You're free to eat of all the trees in the garden. So God began our existence when nothing was wrong with us, no sin nature, no sin, no, nothing wrong. It was all good. And he began, but there was an issue, and the issue was we must obey God. We must hearken unto the voice of God. Everybody with me? Because there was a judgment there. And as we see, Adam and Eve, they, they messed up. They sinned. They were disobedient. They disobeyed God. And the, they felt the judgment of that. They were cut off from the garden. They were cut off from a body that would live forever. They were cut off from, from eyes that, that saw no bad. Now they knew good and evil. and they, they, they were cut off from everything that God had intended for them. Everything. And they became darkness. They weren't just in it and lived it. They became the darkness. And they had two boys, Cain and Abel. And well, one of them honored that judgment that God had given them when he showed up in mercy to offer them now the sacrificial way to have a relationship with him, to be forgiven and to walk with him, to be able to trust him, which is only through the sacrificial system. And Cain rejected that judgment again and he was lost. And all the people that was his whole generation, it's where all the, all the stuff was, I mean like musical instrument, the whole world out there tout and all its fame and fortune, they got washed away. They got washed away. But Abel was the one, and we see this in Hebrews 11, that was declared righteous because he accepted God's judgment and God was glorified in Abel being saved through the judgment of God. Never forget that process. God always judges. A few are saved and God is glorified. In every story in the Bible, you'll see that. So Psalms 36, 6 says, Your righteousness is like the great mountains. And the reason God puts that in the Scriptures, I believe that your righteousness is like the great mountains. And there's songs we sing about your righteousness is like the, the mighty mountains. And, and because mountains are telling us they're the highest thing on the planet, the earth. The highest things on the earth are the mountaintops. And it's related to Jesus being lifted up above all things, God's judgment above all things, Christ and Him crucified. Christ and Him crucified is God's judgment from before the world began. The Lamb was slain from before the foundation of the world. All God's judgments toward men will be based on their judgments toward that judgment He's given us. God at the great white throne will judge all the lost people there because they judged themselves unworthy of everlasting life, the Bible says, by rejecting the truth of who God is and what God provided. Even at the, the, the judgment seat of Christ, where all Christians are going to be judged. It, we're going to be judged by what we did, good and bad, in the body. And the Bible says that though some of us will barely make it in, everything else was burnt up. And, and listen, 
the judgment, even at the judgment seat of Christ, is going to be based on what we did, what we allowed Christ to do in and through us with this great salvation we have. Amen. So he says, your judgments are a great deep. O Lord, you preserve man and beast. Now notice, the preservation of man and beast is based on God's judgment, which is based on the righteousness he offered to men. Think about that. And I'm going to give you another verse, Psalm 71, verse 2. And the psalmist says, Deliver me in your righteousness. Deliverance takes place in righteousness. And righteousness only flows through grace, and grace only comes through our faith in the cross. Watch this. Deliver me in your righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Salvation and deliverance is only found in righteousness. That means the righteous work of Christ at Calvary. Let's look at something this morning we need to constantly look at, and that is Galatians chapter 2, verse 21. This needs to be highlighted a pretty color in your Bible, and you never need to forget it now that you're learning God's grace is God at work. God's grace is the Holy Spirit functioning in your life, which He cannot do outside your faith in the cross. Galatians 1 and 6 Confirms that. Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. Confirm that. Don't let preachers tell you God's at work anyway. Psalms 33, 4 tells us the word of the Lord is right and all God's works are done in truth. Romans 8 and 2 tells us the law, the Holy Spirit has a law he works by. The law for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Don't let people tell you that people like us are putting God in a box. The first one on the narrow path was Jesus. Matter of fact, he is the narrow path. It ain't some picture with ivy hanging over it like you see pretty portraits. Jesus is the way. That means he is the path and he is our righteous Lord. And outside of faith in him and what he did at Calvary, we are not being led by the Spirit on the path of righteousness. Amen. So Galatians 2.21, Paul says, I do not frustrate, and that means deny or set aside. The grace of God. That means what God has provided for me. What God desires to do for me. Because if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Now notice here, the subject of this one verse is, is about the avenue through which righteousness comes. God's avenue to make me righteous, God's avenue now to work in me and through me and on me to bear forth the fruits of His righteousness, not the fruit of everybody I go to church with and to me to look like them and be molded into some denominational image, but to be in the image of Christ, being conformed into His image. Amen, Brother Curtis. Watch this. I do not deny. I do not Frustrate. I do not set aside God because the grace of God is God doing something in my life 
to me, through me, for me that I need to have done. I can't buy it. I can't earn it. I don't deserve it. I can't do it. God has to do it. So I'm not going to set aside or deny what God has provided and the avenue through which God has provided because if righteousness comes by the law, that means by what I do, then Christ died in vain. And righteousness is the issue. Not only as a child of God have we been declared righteous in Christ, but God, it is highly, highly, highly important to God that you and I continue to follow Christ, continue to bear forth the fruits of His righteousness, because if we're not, that means we're not experiencing the perfect work. And God tells the church, you need to make a note of this, we'll be teaching on this soon, I hope, that God tells through the Apostle John, the church in Sardis I have not found your works perfect before me think about this I've not found no your works are not what get you into heaven into the kingdom grace and that is what gets you in the kingdom but there is a great danger of losing your soul if you remove your faith from the cross because eventually, with that sin nature dominating your life again, and that's what happens, I don't care how churchy you are, when your faith is not in the cross alone, you're back under the dominion of the sin nature. It may not be the whiskey bottle, the pornography, the drugs, it may not be what you used to do, but the sin nature is dominating you again, and you are going in the wrong direction. You're out of control and the sin nature dominates under law. Every preacher who preaches you got to do something to be saved or you got to do something to be sanctified, they're under the law and they're inviting you to be under the law where only the flesh can operate and only the sin nature can dominate. Now I'm just telling you what the Bible teaches and they're all a big pack of flesh. I was there. I speak from experience. But thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, I've been delivered not only from the guilt and the shame of sin, but from the very sin nature. The one who had me dominated. That old man who dominated me. Who Satan could use as a puppet to bring forth his will. We need to understand that. So Galatians 2.21 is very important, especially unto us who God has been able to bring back to the cross and now we're learning phenomenal, great and wondrous truths in His Word that reveal Jesus and His work at Calvary as a brighter and brighter and greater portrait to us in these last days. So deliver me, Psalm 71.2, deliver me in your righteousness. God delivers us in His righteousness. And that means, that means not from what you do, that brings self-righteousness. God's righteousness is only offered and seen and experienced through our faith in the one righteous work of Christ at Calvary. Everybody good this morning? Everybody happy? No rock chunking this morning. 
So, I want us to look in Ezekiel also this morning, chapter 14, and something I, I, I saw in the Word that I believe the Lord showed me uh, that ties in with this uh, topic of righteousness that we need to see. And this is, uh, righteousness is not granted to a family, it's granted to individuals. Ezekiel chapter 14 will be in verse 12 through 16. But I want to say this, your grandmother won't get you into heaven. Your husband, your wife, your kids, your parents, it's an individual thing. God deals with us as individuals. And, he, and listen, He always has. I hear preachers say, and we probably had it wrong in the past too, that God dealt with uh, uh, the nation of Israel, and He did. But even within the nation of Israel, it was an individual choice. And it's always been an individual choice. Just because Abraham was the man leading the people of God back in that day does not mean that they all... Were, believed in God just because they were in the pack of Abraham. It was that way all through the wilderness journey, all through the Old Testament. There was always those people that really weren't followers of God. And Jesus said that. Your fathers killed all the prophets. And when Jesus showed up, the, the religious people of his day says, I don't know what you're talking about. Abraham's our father. And Jesus had to tell them, I'm sorry. If Abraham was your father, if you believed what Abraham said, you'd believe on me. Your daddy is the devil. We always will latch a hold of grandma's prayed for me for years. If that hadn't, if that the result of that hadn't been your faith in the sacrifice of Christ, grandma's prayers didn't get you into heaven. Ain't nobody's prayer got you into heaven. Somebody's prayer might have allowed God to get you to the place where you saw the plan, but prayers ain't getting you into heaven. The blood of Jesus is what's getting you into heaven. And we need to be a people of prayer. Don't take this and run the wrong way with it. And prayer does move God because he told us to pray and to pray without ceasing because he hears and he honors our prayers and he moves and does great and mighty things in his efforts among our loved one, co-workers, classmates, wherever, whatever. But he don't save folk because we pray for them. He saves them because they believed in the blood of Jesus. Amen, Brother Curtis. People who disagree with this, boy, they just, they, they just want to be a part of salvation. Thank God we can pray for the lost. We can pray for the backslidden. And God begins to intermeddle in their lives and intervene. Yes, He does. But the way anybody gets in the kingdom is through faith in the blood of Jesus. So watch this now. Righteousness is not granted to a group. It's granted to individuals. And watch this in Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 12 through 16. The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, when the land sins against me by trespassing grievously, then will I stretch out my hand upon it and will break the staff of the bread thereof. means he's going to cut the bread flow off. And I'll send famine upon it and will cut off man and beast from it. Though these three men, now he's using an example here. He's using an example of three men who were believers and were considered by God, made by God, imputed to by God, 
righteousness of God. Watch this. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, talking about the land, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord God. If I cause noisome beast to pass through the land and they spoil it, so that it be desolate, that no man may pass through because of the beast. Though these three men were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters, they shall only be delivered, but the land shall be desolate. Do you understand what God is saying here? The hard times that I send on the earth, it doesn't matter what hard times come that I bring about on the earth, only righteousness is going to deliver. And that's your daddy's righteousness ain't going to deliver you. Your mama's standing with God ain't going to deliver you. Your righteousness alone, and that means the only righteousness God honors, which is the righteousness Christ afforded you through his death. 2 Corinthians 5.21. You know what that scripture says? Let's look at it. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Just to make sure we quote it exactly right. For he hath made him, talking about Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You see that? And that word, sin, here is the noun. He represented us. He took all our sin. He took all the sins of the sin nature upon Him. And He died nailing all our sins to the cross, crucifying that old man, the sin nature. And watch this. He knew no sin. He did that because of our sin. He did that because of who we were, sinners, the sin nature. It says that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. In Him. We were made the righteousness of God in Him. Not in our church. Not in our works. In that work, one work, His work at Calvary, through His death, we get to taste of the same death by the same thing He tasted death by, grace. Hebrews 2.9 again, you can't hardly get away from it. Jesus, by the grace of God, what God was doing in and through Him, tasted death for all men. The only way we can declare what the Scripture in Psalm says, O taste and see that the Lord is good, the only way we can taste of the Lord and see that He is good is by the same grace Jesus died by. That's the only avenue of grace. There's not another. And when our faith is in that righteous work of Christ, God considers us righteous. God considered people righteous even under the Old Testament. Abel, Abraham, and many others He considered righteous because they accepted the coming sacrifice of His Son that would one day come, the seed of the woman that would come and bruise the head of the enemy. Amen? Amen. This is powerful. And it, for your own study, there are other scriptures concerning deliverance and righteousness. 
our, our, our avenue of being delivered from all the everything that's at enmity against us. It may be a foul mouth. It may be a gambling issue. It may be a lust problem for whatever. No matter what that is, the answer is God's Son and what He did at Calvary and that righteous avenue. Think about that. Deliverance is in righteousness. This is why we always say everything you need is in the cross. That means through the cross. That means through what Christ did at Calvary. Because that's the only avenue of grace, which is the only avenue of righteousness, which is the only avenue of salvation and deliverance and fruit that God's looking for. God's not looking for my fruit. He's looking for the fruit of Christ. So... And, 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 why, and let me ask this question. Why is righteousness so important to the Lord? Why is that what He made us? The moment we were saved, He made us. He could have, he, the Bible could have said He made us church attenders. He made us prayer, people of prayer. He made us students of the Word. He made us, He didn't say that. He made us servants of righteousness because it's the only place one can serve God, please God, experience God. As we serve righteousness, it's the only place we can please God, serve God, experience God. Outside of that, we're not being affected by the Lord. We're not being profited by the Lord. So the message of the cross is paramount. It's, it's a necessity, it's a requirement that the, because the preaching of the cross is the power of God. There is power of God doesn't come from anywhere else. We're, most of the church is praying for the power until they place their faith back in what Christ did at Calvary and leave it there alone, there's not going to be any power. And there's still some people going around, and they're preaching the message of the cross, but they're still making uh, comments that are, that we all do it, but they're still making comments that are not right about God did honor at certain times my fasting and, and my this and that for deliverance. No, He never did. He never did. He never honored what you do to deliver you. He can't do that. He cannot do that. You might have had some feelings and, and sometimes we live by feelings instead of by faith and we can't live outside of faith and faith has to come by hearing God's word and God's word has to be in its proper context of righteousness meaning that our faith is in the cross and the Holy Spirit now can reveal the righteousness of God's word. Bear forth in us the fruit of God's righteousness. Amen, Brother Curtis. Amen. I'm just teaching better than your amen. But... You know, and, and there's these scriptures, and I've taught some of this before in a series, 12 CD series on righteousness that I've done two or three, four years ago, however long it's been, time gets away from me now. But I want to read a, a couple of scriptures concerning uh, the upright heart. And I want to show you something, how the upright heart is, is only found in the way of righteousness. An upright heart is not the man who's got an up, upstanding citizenship in the community. He could be lost. Or he could be an everyday church attender. But that's not what makes him have an upright heart in the eyes of God. Taking care of this and feeding this and clothing the destitute and doing all these things is not what gives 
in the eyes of God, a man, an upright heart. And we're going to see this, and, and hopefully the Lord can get this out. Righteousness, and let me say this, righteousness is the only avenue that God operates because God reigns in righteousness, through righteousness. Remember the verse we started at, Romans 5.20, grace, what God is doing, reigns through righteousness. That means when you look at Romans chapter 6, if you'll come back to the cross, stay at the cross, and I don't mean fly to Jerusalem and find a hill called Calvary. I mean the object of your faith being and remaining in the sacrifice of Christ, that which made you and allowed God to begin a work of, in you and, and gave you the beginnings of serving righteousness. If that's where your faith remains, you're on the right path. If it's not, and that's not alone what your faith is in, you're not on the path of righteousness. God won't honor your tears. He won't honor your feelings. He won't honor your emotions. Thank God for all those things, but He doesn't look for those. He looks for faith, and that faith is the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us, Galatians 2.20. Don't ever forget that. Psalms 94 and 15, a very powerful scripture to me, Psalms 94, 15, the Bible says, But judgment shall return unto righteousness, and all the upright in heart shall follow it. Who are the upright in heart? Those whose judgment has become God's word in its proper context. Because God's word is God's judgment. Let's talk about this for a minute. God's Word is God's judgment toward men. You live by faith in God's Word through your faith in the sacrifice. You will experience the head and not the tail. All the, the fur, you'll, you'll experience all the blessing. Don't mean you won't have hard times. Don't mean that you won't be tried, tempted, and blasted out and tried to be knocked down. Don't mean you won't fall every once in a while. But it does mean you will remain on the path. You will get up and keep going. Though you fall seven times, the righteous man going to get up and keep going. So it's, it's judgment that returns unto righteousness is what the upright in heart follows. That's what the upright in heart follow. Judgment that is in righteousness. Now look, look. and this is, this is really amazing. This is not deep. This is, this is not deep. Don't let the enemy or your flesh tell you this is so deep I just can't get it. Listen, the reason the devil wants to say that, the reason our flesh will think that is because we're so full of what's wrong, what's not right, so just... If you'll just start making room for what is right, some of that stuff will begin to fall off that there ain't room for when what is right starts being allowed in. Just allow what's right to come in, what is truth to come in, and that which has not been right will begin to fall off the wagon. Fill your wagon with the truth, praise God. Judgment shall return unto righteousness and all the upright in heart shall follow it. The upright in heart are those whose judgments are righteous judgment. Remember what Jesus taught? Don't be judging by outer appearance, John 7, 24. Judge ye righteous judgment. Get ready, Proverbs 8 and 8. 
All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. All the words of God are in righteousness. And righteousness, Romans 1, 16 and 17, righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. From faith in the gospel, righteousness is revealed. To faith in the gospel, righteousness is revealed. See, we're on a journey. We walk by faith in the gospel. Yes, God's word. But God's word must always be seen first through the gospel. It can't be revealed outside of the gospel. And back to a scripture we've already dealt with this morning, Galatians 2 and 21. Grace is what offers righteousness and the death of Jesus is all that offers grace. Not just for your beginnings. Preachers who say, yes, Curtis, that's where we began, but that but puts them right back under law. Because we are to walk in Christ, Colossians 2.6, just as we received Christ. That means in Him. That's how we began, God taking what he saw in our hearts, faith in the righteous work of Christ and immersing us into the death of Jesus. And we're told to walk in that, not something else. We're not placed into Christ and and now we can just call whatever we want to walking in Christ. No, walking in Christ is faith in the same thing that placed you in Christ, just like bearing forth the fruits of his righteousness is only happening, only brought about by my faith in the same thing that made me a servant of righteousness. Amen. Amen. So, uh, let's read this again. Psalms 94, 15. But judgment shall return unto righteousness. Let me say this about all you blessed folks, praise God for you, who God has been able to convict and break down and bring you back to the message of the cross. The reason we say that I feel like I'm born again again is because our judgment now has returned unto righteousness. Glory to God, this is good stuff. Our judgment. It ain't just about is about every situation. No, it's relating the scriptures to every situation based on the righteous work of Christ. If we're doing it all to, well, here's the scripture you need. And, you know, it's like the, 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 the person who walks around pushes a buggy every day, all day in Walmart just looking for somebody to minister to. And just, I got a scripture for your issue. I got a scripture for your issue. Listen, if they're just giving you what the Bible says and they're not pointing you to the one the Bible is about and what he did at Calvary, that ain't going to help you, my friend. That's just the letter of the law. And they'll push their old buggy out thinking, praise God, I got the answer by the pork and beans this morning. Now I've just got to do this, what that person told me, and I'm going to walk myself right out of this bondage. No, you're not. Not until you look to the cross will the Word of God be able to do by the Spirit in you what needs to be done. I know it's a mouthful, but that's reality. That's reality. Don't be seduced and deceived by the numbers being great that won't receive this. There's always been a few. We read in Ezekiel earlier where it doesn't matter what God does, famine, beasts in the land, whatever He does, there's only going to be a few. That's why you don't see many men's names in the Old Covenant. When you get to Hebrews 11, I know everybody's not listed there, but there ain't many. 
There wasn't many under the old covenant. There was only a few that really would believe in a coming redeemer. They might have functioned in sacrifices, but God sees the heart. And listen, it's, it's when judgment returns unto righteousness. You, 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 we really can't use the Bible for anything unless we have eyes to see. And Jesus told Nicodemus, you can't enter the kingdom, you can't even see the kingdom unless you're born again. See, it's faith in what Jesus did at Calvary that gives you your eyesight, brings you into the kingdom, allows you to begin to see the kingdom and operate in the kingdom. And it's this, the kingdom of God is not what you eat, it's not what you drink, it's not what you wear. It is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Think about that. And that's why all of those that God is able to bring back and to deliver in these last days, bringing them back to their first love, first works, it's through His righteousness. That means the work of Christ at Calvary, not what we, well, I finally worked myself back around to, no, you didn't. God did what He did. He performed the work at the cross through His only begotten Son so that you could have this state and declaration that you are righteous in Christ and you can now walk as, as a servant unto this righteousness and bear forth His fruit. I'll call it your fruit. I'll call it your faith if you acknowledge it's His faith and His righteousness. Mm. Judgment, when judgment returns unto righteousness, the upright in heart are going to follow it. The upright in heart are those who come back to Calvary. That's why there's a growing hatred for what is truly right. You think there's a problem in our nation about not, not, uh, not knowing what's right out there in the world? Well, it's huge in the church too. The church kind of teaching, using the Word of God in its proper context, and because they're so full of what's false, they will make statements such as, do we really want that message to come into our town, our city? Well, you, you're not making righteous judgment just because you're using God's Word. The righteous judgment was made at the cross. And all of God's words that are judgment must be seen in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. Well, that's just you and your opinion. No. Let me say something about that this morning. People use that all the time. Well, that's just your opinion. That's what y'all believe the Bible. That's how y'all believe. Listen. The context of God's Word is righteousness. It tells us that in Proverbs 8 and 8. That eliminates, that excludes any words such as we have our interpretation, y'all have y'all. Nobody's entitled to their own interpretation. The Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. The Holy Spirit interprets and imparts the truth. Not somebody's opinion. And the truth is a man named Jesus. And what makes him the experience for us of liberty and all that God offers is what he did at Calvary. James said this concerning the Word of God, it is the perfect law of liberty. Well, there ain't no liberty that'll come from this Bible unless it points you to the only place God can liberate and that's His Son and what His Son did at Calvary. That's the judgment God made. Think about it. Before the foundation of the world, God had already laid the judgment. The Lamb slain. And as I've already said, both judgments will be based on what people did with that. 
Think about it. So, judgment shall return unto righteousness, and all the upright in heart shall follow it. People who aren't following the message of the cross, I'm not being ugly. They're not upright in heart before God. Not being ugly. I'm not preaching. If you ain't in Crossway Church, I ain't said nothing about no specific church. We're talking about the righteousness of God that can, it's all over the earth today. Wherever there's a saved person, there's the righteousness of God. Now, wherever they may not be experiencing that, most of the church is not because they don't know this. That's why you need to hit the share button. You need to share the things you see on social media. Don't just like it. So you liked it. Praise God. Help us publish the word. Hit the share button. Send it out. Amen. Now watch this. We're about out of time, about four minutes. 2 Corinthians 5.14 to help us to understand what we are right now talking about, judgment returning unto righteousness. That means God's word now in these last days being seen in righteousness. The only way he's ever spoken. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says this, For the love of Christ constrains us because we thus judge. We make this judgment. What judgment? That if one died for all, then all were dead. See, the judgment we make is the cross. And when we make that proper judgment, then the Word of God becomes the righteous judgment we can walk in, we can declare, we can use for true help, not just an experience of telling somebody what the Bible says. When we give God's Word to someone in its righteous context means that we point them to Calvary, the Holy Spirit is allowed, and that's what He's trying to impart. He's trying to impart liberty and deliverance from 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 the whatever they're having a problem with, and he can't do that. He don't just do that anyway. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and deliver this one. I'm just going to go ahead and save this one. He don't do that. He doesn't do that. And if preachers are telling you he does, well, you can't put God in the box. No, I, you can't put God in the box. But God has one way in which he works. He's never saved one human being outside of this way of righteousness, faith and the sacrifice. Never saved one, never will. It's a narrow way. So the love of Christ constrains us. Now most people in the church today will stop right there and just talk about the love of God. Oh, can you just feel it this morning? Just close your eyes and let your head lay back. Just feel the love of God. And that's what's all in the church today. But the love of God is manifest at Calvary. The same place righteousness is declared from Calvary. Romans 3, 25 and 26 says that through faith in the redemption of God, He declared righteousness. In 1 John 4, 9 and 10, the Bible says, in this was manifest the love of God. And He talks about Him giving His Son for the propitiation for our sins. Now this is good stuff this morning. The love of Christ constrains us. The word constrains me. That's what holds us steady. That's what keeps us the course. It's the love of Christ, but, it, but because it don't just happen, but the love of Christ constrains us, holds us the course because we make a judgment. And that judgment is that if Jesus died for all, then all were dead. 
When our faith is in the cross, my friends, the love of Christ is constraining us. When our faith is not in the cross, then our love turns to, I love what I'm doing. Thank God I'm doing this. Boy, if I wasn't doing this, I couldn't be, I couldn't keep going. If that's your, if that's your honest thought, you're not going to keep going. You're already going the wrong way. People that come in the church and think, thank God for this church, they're letting me do this or they're letting me do that. And if, if they weren't letting me do this, I probably wouldn't be in church. You're in trouble, my friend. You're in trouble. It's not the doing of something that's keeping you. It's the faith in Christ and what He did for you at Calvary that will keep you. Well, glory. Guess what time it is. It's time to quit. I've been blessed this morning. I pray you have. I pray that you would. I really pray the Lord would stir your heart to hit the share button. Send this out to as many people as possible. This, not because I'm teaching it, but because it is the Word of God in righteousness as truth is what all people need to hear. So I encourage you to be with us here every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time for this teaching on righteousness as long as the Lord leads. And again, share it. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.